Welcome to the Mark Staley Music Podcast. This podcast is an audio journal of my guests and I's adventures through the live and local music biz. Fun conversations, cool tunes, and good times will be had. My name is Mark Sterry, and I'm a 15-plus year veteran of the Twin Cities, Minnesota metro music scene. Check me out at Mark Sterry, that's S-T-A-R-Y, music.net. Also on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. All of my original music is available for download on iTunes, CD Baby, and most other places you get your music online. This podcast drops every Tuesday, if not before, on iTunes, SoundCloud, and most other places podcasts are available. If you enjoy it, please subscribe on iTunes. It's totally free and guarantees you'll never miss an episode. If you got an extra buck or two, if you mind tossing in the podcast tip jar, please visit patreon.com forward slash Mark Sterry Music Podcast. Also, considering helping get the word out on the street via social media, five-star rating and review on iTunes, and or tell a friend or two. Happy Thought of the Day is by Bob Dylan. No one is free. Even the birds are chained to the sky. Thanks for tuning in and welcome to the Mark Sterry Music Podcast. Enjoy! Enjoy! I hate to break it to you, I don't really care about the big time. Welcome back to the Mark Stereo Music Podcast, episode 200. Please support this week's sponsors, ID Chrysler Pine City, Templeton Rye Whiskey, and the Beedale Club. Also, thanks to all the folks who contributed to this podcast on Patreon.com. Coming at you in a cloudy summer day here at my family's cabin outside of Turtle Lake, Wisconsin. Dropping the podcast early this week in order to free up some time to enjoy a few days with my family on our annual Duluth trip. Can't believe it's episode 200. Thank you all for listening and keeping me going. I love it. Last week's Geeks Wrap-Up. Wednesday, played a solo show at Pub 42 in New Hope, Minnesota. Happy 40th birthday, Macklemore Corey. Friday, played a solo show at Nova in Hudson, Wisconsin. Great to see college buddy Rapple at the show. Also, Alex. Sorry, I didn't remember the Whiskey Roses classic whiskey song, but we'll have it on tap for next time. Saturday, played a duo show at Eagle Lounge in Balsam Lake, Wisconsin. Customer appreciation show. Love working for the Lindbergh family. Sunday, I played a solo show at Paradise Landing in Balsam Lake, Wisconsin. I haven't done the show yet, but uh, I hope it goes well. Upcoming shows. Wednesday, August 14th, 2019. I'll be playing a solo show at Pub 42 in New Hope, Minnesota from 7.30 to 9.30 p.m. Thursday, August 15th, I'll be playing a solo show at Phoenix in Baldwin, Wisconsin from 6 to 9 p.m. Friday, August 16th, I'll be playing the Victory Links Golf Course in Blaine, Minnesota from 5 to 7 p.m. Saturday, August 17th, I'll be playing a duo show at Vanelli's by the Lake in Forest Lake, Minnesota from 5.30 to 8.30 p.m. Sunday, August 18th, I'll be playing a solo show at Lucky's 13 in Roseville, Minnesota from 3 to 6 p.m. Guest this week is part three of three with fiddle player of Trampled by Turtles and owner of Neon Brown Studios, Ryan Young. We talk performing on David Letterman, the hit song Wait So Long, and more. Enjoy the conversation. (laughs) 
Mr. Ryan Young, fiddle player for Trampled by Turtles and owner of Neon Brown Recording Studio. Thanks for being back in the Mark Stereo Music Podcast. We're doing an episode three with Ryan. I can't get enough of these cool stories and what a cool guy and a cool studio here. Um, thanks so much for being on the show. I really appreciate it. It's my pleasure. Um, so I wanted to ask you about, you had an opportunity, a few guests have had, but like for me, it'd be just a dream come true. Can you tell about the experience when Travel by Turtles played on David Letterman? All right. Yeah. Well, that was that was uh, incredibly cool. You know, I never in my wildest dreams, if you listen to the earlier podcast, you maybe heard me say, like, I, I never imagined we'd ever play at First Avenue, or, you know, let alone we'd ever play on TV, let alone it would be a national TV show, you know, like David Letterman that never would have guessed. Uh, so it was, it was unreal and it actually still is unreal. Like I still don't really, I I don't know if my brain has really processed that that actually happened. Um, so we, you know, we get there and I'm extremely nervous. I can just kind of feel that there's a million, there's more than a million people watching me, even though that, you know, in the studio itself, it's actually quite small. It's, you know, a couple hundred people, maybe, I don't know. It's if you're if you can imagine like First Avenue, it's like way smaller than that. It's like it's like uh, it's more Seventh Street entries, you know, vibe size. Um, it looks much bigger on TV just because of the the camera angles. Like they'd shoot across the they'd shoot across the stage, kind of at a diagonal, maybe to make it look like there's a bigger stage than there actually was. Than if they were shooting straight on, I don't know. They they made it look much bigger on TV. And, you know, thinking of the history of that place, like that, you know, when, when you see like the famous Beatles footage of them on uh, when they first came to America and they're playing on, you know, TV, that that's there, <laughs> you know, like that's that place. Uh, that's that stage and stuff, you know. It's, Good God! Yeah, <laughs> I know. It's 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 like I said. It still hasn't really hit me that I actually played there. Um, so at the time, though, I'm extremely nervous and trying not to be, trying not to show it. Uh, and uh, we actually got to play on the show twice, which is amazing. And I didn't get any less nervous for the second time. I was, you know. I still felt like I was going to pass out. I was so nervous. Uh, so we, uh, the, I've got maybe a, a funny story from the first one and the second one. The first one, so uh, maybe just to, before I start even, they wanted to run the show just as you saw it on TV. They didn't want to edit if possible. They had the capability of editing, but what I mean by that is uh, when they would go to a commercial break, they had it timed out that maybe the commercials would last for whatever, three minutes and 30 seconds. And then it would come back and they wanted to have a break for three minutes and 30 seconds, come back and just smoothly go right into it, you know? So they timed it out perfectly. And 
they said, you know, if something really goes wrong, they can edit it before, you know, because they do it, they record it in the afternoon. They can edit it if they have to, but they really prefer not to. So we're getting ready to play. Uh, I forget who the guest was on before us, but the guest is done. They're going to commercial now. Okay, so now everybody's scrambling to get ready. We got th- three minutes and 30 seconds before we're, they're going to play. You know, every, like just everybody's super excited and everything's running around. And it's just like this big thing. And, you know, now it's time. Let's get going. Everybody get in their spot. Okay, and then the mandolin player, Eric, he bent down to pick something up, I think, and he had a microphone that, that was clipped onto his mandolin, and it fell off, and he like kind of lost his balance a little bit, and he actually stepped on it and crushed it. And there's like 45 seconds till we go on. And <laughs> so, you know, he's like, uh, I, uh, sir, uh, excuse me? He's like talking to the stage manager person. He's like, I just broke my, I just broke the, the mic and, uh, I don't know what to do. And so, you know, then everything just goes like people start just going crazy. All the people that work there, they're like, we got to find a new mic in 30 seconds, (laughs) like whatever. So of course they couldn't find one in 30 seconds. So they, they actually, you know, did have to do an edit there, which, you know, they, they didn't want to do, but they were able to do, they, they ended up having to go up to whatever floor it was, the eighth floor, to find a new mic, bring it down, clip it on, sound check it, you know, whatever. But what was really interesting is that we're standing right next to Paul Schaefer and the band, and they uh, were playing a Bob Marley song to to go into the commercial. <clears throat> and, you know, uh, they would play be playing the same Bob Marley song to come back out of commercial to go back into, you know, you know, the audience would be applauding and they're playing the same Bob Marley song. And then uh, Dave Letterman would say, hey, now our next guest, you know. Uh, so once they got once uh, they figured out that they're going to have to, uh, you know, edit the show. Somebody, uh, you know, um, somebody talked to uh, Paul Schaefer in his like earpiece that, you know, there's something wrong. Fill time. My grandmother's 97th birthday was yesterday. My family had a party for her at our cabin. It was a wonderful time. But the best part of the day for me was listening to Frank Sinatra and slowly taking the back roads to check out tornado damage and just simply visiting with my grandma on our way back to the nursing home. And every time I go pick her up to head somewhere, she says the same thing. What a beautiful car! And she's talking about my black Jeep Cherokee I got from ID Chrysler, Pine City, Minnesota. With 250,000 miles and my old car was just too much for the poor thing to take, I found myself looking for my new dream ride at ID Chrysler, Pine City. And the staff couldn't have been more helpful with me choosing a vehicle and willing to work with my, as I call it, musician's credit score. Their philosophy is simple, time-saving, hassle-free, fair price. Check out their inventory at idcdjr.com or take the beautiful drive up 35 to 715 Northridge Court Northwest, Pine City, Minnesota, to visit them in person. Business hours are Monday through Thursday, 8 to 6 p.m., and Friday and Saturday, 8 to 5 p.m., closed on Sundays. Check out ID Chrysler Pine City today and enjoy a summer full of adventures and memories out on the open road in a new ride. So 
Paul Schaefer had two mics in front of him. If you I don't know if you ever like look at old YouTube clips, there's two microphones in front of him. One of him talks to the audience and to Dave Letterman. It's like a live mic. The other one just goes into the other instrument's earpieces. So like you can't hear what he says in that mic. Only the other ins- only the other uh uh band members can hear that. So I see him go to that other microphone and go, I can see his mouth moving. He's telling something to the band. And the band seamlessly, with no, like, you know, conductor or anything, just kind of transitions into this other Bob Marley song. They just, it's it's as if they rehearsed it. And they go into this other Bob Marley song, um, you know, while they're trying to, all the other stage people are trying, frantically trying to get this new mic onto the mandolin. And then finally when they get the mic set up, um, they give word to Paul Schaefer, and Paul Schaefer says something into the band microphone again, and the band seamlessly uh, transitions back into the first Bob Marley song so that they can come back out of commercial playing the same song. And so they you know do that as if they'd rehearsed it a million times. They get back to the song, <laughs> and they... You know, and everything goes smoothly as there. And then, you know, later on, they'd go in and they'd cut out that whole middle section and, uh, you know, time it out to be what they originally wanted it to be for the commercials and stuff. So that's a cool story from the first one. Jesus. <laughs> but at the time, you know, at the t- that sounds like super cool. But at the time, we were all just like sweating, like, oh, we probably bl- wanted to kill we the blew guy. it. Yeah. We broke a microphone on <laughs> yeah. David Letterman. Good God. Yeah. <laughs> and we were all just like, because we were all nervous anyway. And then plus, when that happened, like the stage manager just like was super. He wasn't angry, but he was just like, oh, <laughs> like, you know, he didn't want to deal with that. We didn't want to make him deal with that. It was it was a bummer. And but you know, it went fine. Everything went fine. Okay. So then the second time. The the if anybody watched that the I when we got done playing I was you know so nervous I didn't know what to do with my hands basically <laughs> so we're 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 standing there and David Letterman comes up to us and he's like hey good job guys I really like that good job and so I didn't know what to do with my hands while that's happening so I just like started kind of nervously scratching my back. I don't think my back actually even itched. I just didn't know what to do with my hands. So I just like, you know, scratched my back. And uh, Dave was like, oh, hey, let me get that for you. And so he like gets behind me and starts scratching my back. <laughs> He's like, how's that? And I was like, a ah, little lower, a little lower. <laughs> uh, um, so, yeah, he moved it down a little lower and that became the big joke. There's like a, a good a good shot of that, of him scratching my back. And I'm just like, ah, yeah. Oh, that's hilarious, dude. Um, so when you go play a show like that and you get there, like how long of a sound check do you have? How does that where do you like does there put you park and load in your gear? Like how do you can how do you get all this shit all set up? Yeah, it's uh it's a little bit tricky with uh, you know, New York and that the parking is just crazy, non existent or whatever. The first time we were uh what city were we in? We were in some city, like a long dis- a long way away. Uh, I think I want to say West Virginia somewhere the day before. And so we had to, you know, drive through the night to get there in time for sound check at whatever time that was, 10 o'clock a.m. I, want, I, I seem to remember. Um, so, you know, you get there and then they have the, the union workers, TV workers that do 
all the stuff, and they were very strict about, you know, don't touch your stuff. Uh, once once we do it, it's our job. You know, it's like a union thing. You know, like don't don't fuck with them. I don't know if I can swear. You can absolutely, <laughs> okay. yeah, yeah, sure. Like just you know, so that that was all weird. We had never dealt with that really before. The whole union thing. But it was very, very strict. Um, so anyway, we get there, you know, early in the morning. We're all super tired because we, you know, drove through the night, basically. Um, it, it's it's a hassle, but, you know, we figured it out. All the, the getting there on time and what to do and where to park. And, and they helped us out. You know, the they had done that. They do that every day, the people that work there. So they knew exactly what to tell us and, you know, how to get us, how to get us through it, basically. So it wasn't too bad. Okay. Um, when Martin Zeller played on David Letterman, I asked him the same question after such a nerve wracking experience and gig like that. How many beers did you drink after the show? <laughs> I, I lost 50, <laughs> <laughs> but we did go to a bar, uh, the first time. Uh, not directly after, I figure we, we did like a direct, we probably went to go get some food cause you know, they record it in the afternoon. So we probably went to go get some dinner or something. And then, you know, we went, uh, to a bar, uh, and we're like, Hey, we're on Letterman tonight. Would you mind putting Letterman on the thing on the TV? And so they actually did. They changed it to the <laughs> CBS show, CBS channel in, in uh, New York, whatever channel that is. And, uh, yeah, we all watched ourselves on TV in New York. That night. Wow. So how did they approach you for the gig? The first time it was because somebody canceled and I want to say it was Tom Waits. I might be wrong about that. Somebody canceled and uh, we a little bit before that had hired a uh, like a publicist uh, type person who kind of is try- tries to help us get our music in whatever TV shows or movies or, you know, uh, having to do with things like that. And, you know, we have a manager band manager who helps with things like that. And so anyway, we were, they were, uh, doing their job basically. And, and, you know, made contacts with people, uh, at the Letterman show and had contacts with them. And we weren't like, you know, a famous band or anything, but, they just let them know, like, hey, we're available if, if anything ever happens. You know, if you ever need a band, let us know kind of thing. And so the re- when I said earlier, I think we were in, you know, West Virginia. The reason we were so far away is because they're like, Tom Waits canceled. Do you want to play tomorrow? We're like, yes. <laughs> so that's why we, you know, we hadn't planned on being in New York. We were just, we were like, we could feasibly make this work, you know, after we finish the show tonight in whatever city we are, if we left right from the show to get to New York, we'd make it in time. So that's, that's how it happened. Wow. And then the second time they actually asked us just because they actually asked us, which was great. Cause we had already been there, you know, and they knew us and they're like, Oh, you guys got a new record. Why don't you come on and do it? So. Oh, that's spectacular. What a great story. Yeah, man. Summer may be winding down, but there's still plenty of time for another pontoon ride, catch a few more patio shows with your favorite musician, have a campfire, grill some steaks, listen to some baseball on the radio, and soak it all in. 
And sometimes there's nothing better to accent these fun, relaxing, fleeting summer moments than with an excellent glass of whiskey. So if you're looking for a smooth, spicy rye whiskey with a clean finish, Templeton Rye Whiskey is your brand. Based on the Prohibition-era Kirkhoff recipe, it is said that Templeton Rye Whiskey was Al Capone's favorite drink, nicknamed The Good Stuff, and also Iowa's most notorious drink. Make the multiple award-winning, such as being named Rye Whiskey of the Year in the 2009 Whiskey Bible, Templeton Rye Whiskey, your cocktail of the summer. Follow them on Instagram at Templeton Rye Whiskey. Please drink responsibly. The experience a lot of us musicians that listen to this have never have, so we're yeah. kind of living vicariously through I your know. experience. I, and I, thanks for telling such a detailed, you know, version of it because I can kind of picture it all, and and that's yeah. really cool, man. Yeah, I never thought it would happen to me either. Like I, I just somehow lucked out, and if I can do it, you can do it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, not Letterman anymore because he's retired, but like s- such uh, similar things. Or things can happen, you yeah. know. Um, so to end this episode, I wanted to ask you about um, the song "Wait So Long." Um, it's just, I remember the first time I heard it, I was at a small town bar in, uh, Milltown, Wisconsin. And my friend Dustin is a big fan of you guys. Shout out to him. And, uh, this is years ago and he put it on the jukebox and just had this, just this feeling like this, this, uh, sense of urgency to it. It was just so catchy. And, um, do you mind explaining like the story of that song? And you were like this. Like I was saying, like this Quentin Tarantino samurai guy with this fiddle in there, just this, this the whole the soul, just so awesome and energetic. And it's like, um, I really wanted to ask you about that, putting together the song, recording the song. How did you come up with your fiddle parts? Do you mind just giving like a rundown of the song? And also, why do you think it's it's so popular with folks? Sure. Okay, so one interesting tidbit about that song is that it was actually recorded originally for the record uh, before it actually Palomino? came out. Before Palomino? It was recorded for the record Duluth, but didn't make it on the record. <laughs> I would just listen to Duluth on the way here. Yeah. Are you serious? Uh, it was recorded in that se- uh, during those sessions for that record, and it didn't make the cut. <laughs> Uh, awesome. And it's actually it's actually a blessing in disguise. Uh, so I another maybe interesting tidbit is I never thought that song was especially special. I I've liked the song f- from the first time I heard it, but I never thought it was like anything drastically special or different than any of our other songs. I just thought it you know it was another good song that I Dave wrote you know. Um, so it's just started out with him playing the chords and the, and the, and the, he had the lyrics and, uh, it was kind of monotonous. It it didn't, it, it was, uh, and I don't mean that in a bad way, but I mean that in like, it was, it didn't, it, it started with him singing and there was singing and singing all the way through the whole song and then it ended and that was it. And then Dave uh, Simonette had a good idea. He's like, hey, why don't we start this one with just like the fiddle and the banjo or something? And we're like, okay. 
He's like, just play like since the song is so fast, play like play like long notes. And so the first time I did it, I just played really long notes, like two, two, three, four, another long note, two, three, four, another long note, two, three, four. I didn't have that riff yet. It was just long notes because as he's like, hey, let's try playing long notes. And then the song started as it's as it started. And then eventually that I got bored with that, like uh, maybe even before the first time we played it, I just got, I was like, uh, you know, it's cool, but it, it needs a riff or something. It just does more than just long notes. And so then I came up with that riff, whatever. And then we played it for like that for a little, for a few times. And then we introduced the, the fiddle solo into it and it didn't break down before like if you can think of that song right now yeah it uh breaks down before the fiddle solo and goes back into the riff again the intro riff happens again in the middle of the song where it's just fiddle and banjo and then after that in the middle of the song then the then the fiddle solo starts uh, that got added much later too. Like, we, cause like I said before, like it was kind of monotonous. Like it was only fast chords and singing for the whole song and it needed something else. You know, it needed to, it needed to stop being so fast for a second so that it could come back and be even more intense. intense. Yeah. And then, you know, the fiddle solo is like super intense right there, you know? And the reason that it's so intense is because it comes from almost nothing. It comes from we're playing the song with the chords and the things, and then it breaks down to just the fiddle and the banjo playing quote unquote long notes, even though at that point it turned into the riff and then builds up to like a super, it builds up quickly to a really intense solo. And the solo was completely improvised. Like I didn't write that out or anything as is the same with any solo. I don't write out any solos. Nor does anybody in the band. Um, and how many takes did you did you do for that solo? We did it live. Like I, I just, it was like so. You know, that knew, solo's live. Yeah. Yeah. This everything's live. I think on that one we just overdubbed the background vocals. That's the only overdub. Like the lead singing is live, and all the solos are live, and it's like take one or two. You know. And I didn't think it was anything special. <laughs> Jesus, man! I that song that is a fiddle just machine yeah. song. I mean that that solo is just like I said a samurai movie. Just the intensity and whatever. And like, I want to tell you all about one of my favorite bars in the Roseville slash St. Paul, Minnesota area. The B-Dale Club, located on the corner of County Road B and Dale's motto is a place for family, a place for friends, a place for fun. And that is a fact. The food at T-Bird's Cafe and Takeaway, as I call it, is always great. After my Pub 42 show, a few friends and I went out to celebrate Macklemore Corey's 40th birthday. And of course, we went to the B-Dale Club. I walked in and Robbie was behind the bar. Tim, Greg, Paul, Lavini, Kim, and more of my favorite B-Dale patrons were all there. It wasn't my birthday, but it was the best birthday party ever. I can't remember when I had so much fun. Rob, Natalie, Shelly, and the entire bar staff are all state-of-the-art cocktail artists. I've been told that that's being talked about on these podcast ads. The Waller's Woodhill Cocktails are selling like hotcakes. 
karaoke, live music, pool table, pool tabs, bingo nights, bocce ball tournaments, and much, much more. B-Dale's got it all. Stop by for a cold one soon. Um, you even in the video are just headbanging and going nuts with it. It's so yeah. awesome. Thanks. Wow. Yeah. It's... So what made you decide to put it in the first song of Palomino then? Well, so like I said, it didn't really make the cut for Duluth. Duluth. And not because it's a bad song. It just didn't fit somehow. Like it, we just decided it was. We'd save it for later, and not, uh, not necessarily save it because it's such a good song, but just save it. It just didn't quite fit or whatever. Like we, we didn't quite get the, the right recording of it. Um, we actually did record it. I want to say like two or three different at two or three different studios. Like we did. We recorded it with Chad Weiss, uh, and I, I believe we recorded it there. And I don't think any of those recordings ever made it to a, a record, but we did do a recording session there. And then we recorded it up at Rich Matson's studio where we did Duluth, and that version didn't make it onto the record. And then we recorded it again with Eric Koskinen during Palomino, and that version is on Palomino. So... Wow. There's a few unreleased versions of it. Why do you think it strikes such a chord with your audience? I assume it still does now. Like you yeah. look up YouTube or anything, it just waits so long. First thing pops up everywhere, you know? What yeah. do you, is it the what's it about? Like is it is it do you think it's the lyrics? Do you think it's just the ups and downs, the intensity of it? What do you think is that strikes such a chord? Yeah, I don't know. Like uh honestly I don't know. That's the short answer. But my little bit more uh in depth answer is that I if I had to guess, I think it, it was a good. It's a good. Uh, it's a good song for people to like hear. Trampled by Tur- It's a first. It's a good first song for people to hear of Trampled by Turtles, because it's it's so uh, unusual in that how like metal it is. You know, <laughs> it's like there's there's a lot of metal influence. Uh, and you know it's really up tempo, and the like the fiddle solo is a little bit avant garde, a little bit. You know, it's just noisy screaming sometimes, um, and all of that stuff is like not stuff you normally hear. So it's a good it's a good thing for people to hear for the first time. Like if they were to hear if they would hear uh, any of our other kind of maybe down tempo songs, they'd be like, oh, that's a good song, but you know. Uh, other bands do stuff like that kind of whereas like this one's like that's trampled by turtles like there aren't bands that make that sound there aren't a lot of bands that do that you know so it's a good one um and then once they maybe get over the once they hear it and are impressed with the speed and the and the intensity and they listen to it again the second or third or fourth time then they might notice how cool the words are uh, I, I don't think the words jump out the first time. At least they didn't with me. Um, and of course, I shouldn't speak for everybody. Some people are word people. I'm more of a music person. I'm like, more music than even though I write. I'm a songwriter myself. I'm more music, and then right. I mean, I still not even quite sure what the song is, is about. Yeah, I'm not sure either. Dave won't tell anybody. Really? Because I know it's kind of Dylan-ish. I see you have a Dylan book here with every little yeah. grain of sand. It's some Dylan kind of reference stuff there's, in there. There's very, it's very Dylan-influenced, as Simonette is. Dylan, very Dylan-influenced. And I suspect the song isn't about any particular thing. You know, it's, it, there isn't like a, 
a moral that fits the whole thing. I think it's just like, you know, like uh, images that he kind of pieced together that all kind of fit somehow, you know, like. Um, it's one of those songs where I think people can make their own interpretation right. and it just fits yep. for whatever scenario it could be. It could be a life thing, could be a relationship thing, yeah. could be anything, you know, it just kind of fits for, you know, like a CrossFit shoot is good for everything, right. you know? I think you're right about that. Wow. What a great story about that song, man. I, I appreciate you sharing that. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, Mr. Ryan Young, fiddle player for the Trap by Turtles. And Neon Brown Recording Studio. Thanks so much for being on the Mark Steer Music Podcast, My episode pleasure. 200. Thank you guys for tuning in. We'll see you guys soon. Thanks for tuning in to this week's edition of the Mark Steering Music Podcast. Hope you've enjoyed the program. We'll see you back here for new podcasts about life and times in the live and local music scene each and every Tuesday. If not before, on iTunes, SoundCloud, and most other places, podcasts are available. Again, please support this week's sponsors, ID Chrysler Pine City, Templeton Rye Whiskey, and the B-Dale Club. This is also a listener-supported podcast. If you'd like to get on board, please visit patreon.com forward slash Mark Steering Music Podcast. If you enjoyed some of the musical edits on this show, please head on over to your local record store or do some digging on iTunes and load up on some new songs. Also, if you get a chance, please go check out some live music somewhere. It could be a great and worthwhile experience. Life is short. Go have some fun. Till next time. Pretend that I don't love you. You could never pretend that I'm your man. That's exactly the way that I want it. It's exactly the way that I am. And you call me in the morning with your troubles. Taking it downtown every night. I could never place the stars at night above. Got my hands on the ground and you know I'm right. You ain't so long. Just a rain.